I V M. Okay, welcome to Cyrus Rewinds with me, Cyrus Brocha. At least that's what it says on the Aadhaar card as of now. I'm currently time traveling and taking you back into the past to revisit some of the entertaining podcasts we've done over the years, folks. These are going to be better than cricket highlights, so just trust me. Ready? Here we go. We have been sent one of the entrepreneurs of the century. Well, I I know him. He's a senior from school and a senior from South Mumbai. He's sort of everybody knows who Rajiv Samant is. But more importantly, Rajiv, the bio data that I've got of yours is some six hundred pages. I've tried to bring it down to three four lines. Oh. Um, Sorry about that, man. I didn't realize I'd achieve that much. You're huge. You have no idea. I mean, Salman Rushdie ran out of words trying to write your bit. But I just so do we call entrepreneur for sure, obviously, because you reinvented the wheel here, and we'll come to all that. But what is Somalia exactly? The Somalia is the is the wine expert. Am I right? Yeah, Somalia is the is normally the guy or lady who who serves you your your wine um, at a restaurant and then talks to you about it. That's at basis what what a what a sommelier is then of course you have your grades of sommelier so you can go up from that to being a grand puba who who knows it all about uh, various terroirs etc but uh, basically a sommelier basically brings you the wine that you like to to pair with the food that you like or don't like or whatever um and that's uh, that's a sommelier who knows so, a lot about uh, uh, uh so basically about about good wine and bad wine a glorified waiter in other words i just want to clarify that part oh so that's to... very <laughs> have i upset have i upset the industry oh no not in... <laughs> okay so let's let's put it in perspective you are first and foremost an entrepreneur but your story is very interesting you were in uh, your school here one of those uh, fancy schools where uh, people with lots of money send their children i can't mention the name because cathedral doesn't appreciate it um and then you went to stanford you know top of the class all that did very well the whole academics uh, nine yards etc joined oracle if i'm not mistaken yeah i wouldn't say top of the class all through but thank you very much yeah yeah okay all right you nobody gets into stanford just by uh, you know applying it's not that simple and i remember in the old days people from this part of mumbai would go to america and then you know get in the corporate world generally speaking and you know achieve great things Sundar Pichai comes to mind. Uh, don't correct me and say he wasn't in school. Nobody will check here. Yeah. Nobody will listen to us. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so you went to you went to Oracle. You did everything correctly. The main question is, how do you suddenly get into wine? I mean, they say you had this moment like the Buddha, where it's light hit you and boom, you knew. But is what exactly happened? So Cyrus, yes, I did have this moment. Um, you know, my dad was um, uh, an entrepreneur. before his time you know all his friends were sort of uh, you know very uh, professional you know doing the good stuff working at levers and you know at a law firm etc and my dad decided to strike out on his own and and go into a business which he knew nothing about which was uh, shipping uh, shipping services and um, you know he did really well so he started with pretty much nothing and built something up to the extent he was able to send me to that nice school down in south bombay you know that would have been unthinkable for him whose name we can't mention because cathedral doesn't like it so i just want to yeah. mentioning that yeah so you know my dad grew up uh, squatting on dirt floors in a municipal school in nasik what are you saying really absolutely this is suresh saman from the bombay gym when i was a young boy uh, when he was a kid used to squat on a municipal school floor wow i wouldn't believe that you know having met him as a young man huh and he was born in nasik and that's you know that has a lot to do with how come this whole thing 
happen. So in a way, I was going back to my roots. So, you know, I had the, the entrepreneurial roots in the family. I'd seen my dad, you know, go through his entrepreneurial journey. And when that happens, I think that always stays with you, right? It's like if your dad's a smoker, then you're more likely to be a smoker. Uh, I would say probably if your dad or your mom um, is an entrepreneur, you're more likely to be one. So, you know, I was sitting at my um, desk at Oracle. No, just one sec, I'm just sending this message to Rahul Gandhi because now this is good news for him. Yeah. <laughs> was his dad a smoker? <laughs> well, sh- <laughs> one of the above. Huh. So, Sorry. You know, I was sitting at my desk, uh, looking out on Highway 101, Silicon Valley, and you know, everything so nice, beautiful apartment in San Francisco, nice car, living the life. Something was missing. And that something was, you know, that feeling of being just one cog in this huge corporate wheel, it did not work for me. I just realized how small and insignificant and tiny I was. Listen, with with full respect to everybody out there who's a corporate cog listening, you're not what I was. I was a real, a real cog in the wheel. Um, and, you know, I just said, man, one life to live, one life to live. I, I've come to this amazing place, got all these amazing notions. And at Stanford, they really challenged you to, to think big, think different, go your own path, follow your own path, make a difference. You know, those are the kinds of things they always talk, talked about, not being a good citizen and following orders. Never, never. Right. So that was also within me. One day I just said, one life to live. Is this what I want to do? Stare at a computer screen. But of course, that's what I'm doing right now with you. <laughs> yeah, so am I. <laughs> so full circle. But um, and I said, you know what? No, that's not what I want to do. I want to do something cool. I want to do something different. I'm a cool guy. I'm a diff- I think I think differently. So you know what? Let's take a chance. Worst thing happens. Whatever I try to do doesn't work. You know what? There's always safety net of, for, of daddy and mommy. So I said, right. I'm the exact kind of guy who should do this. I walked into my boss's office the next morning, quit my job. He was stunned. So without a plan, but you just said, I don't want this. There was no plan about wine. No, 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 no. I had no idea at that point that I was going to make wine. I had no idea. I was kind of thinking agriculture, but the first thing I had in mind was to travel the world for a year, backpack around the world. And I could not recommend that highly enough for anybody listening to this podcast. The way you get to know yourself is if you say adios to everyone, pack your house, take a backpack and just go to a country you don't know. God, now I'm in big trouble, Rajiv. So I'm in big trouble because my son is just saying that he's in the 11th. He wants to take a gap year and travel the world. And I've been, Mikhail, and I've been screaming at him saying, Mikhail, go for it. That's one year less earnings. Middle class India teaches you one year less earnings when you're 60. So one year less earnings was the year of my life. Right. Uh, Mexico, I didn't speak any Spanish. People told me I was going to be found. You know, my body would be found the next day. I went into Tijuana, the wow. drug capital of... Drug capital, yeah. I didn't know all about that. But anyway, I made it back alive. Um, after some amazing adventures, I went to Thailand for a few months. So all unplanned, everything unplanned. You just go to the country. There's no plan. Land, land, landed up on the beaches of Kopangan. This is what we're talking about in 1992. Wow. It was a wild scene. It was a wild scene. Um, you know, and then landed up back in India. Then came back to India. And I said, you know what? One of the things that was always in my mind was that if I'm going to do something, let's do it back in India. Let's, let's help the country where I was born. I'm going to make a much bigger impact there than if I do something cool in California. So there was always that sort of that social aspect to it um, in the back of my mind. Yeah, we'll come to that. Just if I can interrupt for a second, Rajiv, uh, what do the parents say? I'm just thinking because you're on Stanford, you're the cream of the crop, so to speak, and all that. In a sense, you've 
you've just you know turned your back on that which is quite a strong statement were they worried you were very upset they were very upset the whole like bubble had been burst they were like loving writing the story all this time oh our beta got into stanford oh he's he's like you know doing a masters now oh he's got into oracle it was like you know so it's so cool for all that dinner party chat and then suddenly oh our beta has just quit his job doesn't he's know he's in tiwana <laughs> and nobody knows where he is because there were no mobile phones right so we yeah. haven't heard from him for a month so um you know that was a bit of a twist so yeah they were not they were not happy um so i landed up back in india and first thing is i went to daddy and said hey let me join your company he said no way jose because i'd been to mexico i changed my no just joke well, fair enough fair enough this is a really stupid podcast if you want to make ridiculous comments from time to time we'll be very thankful for it yeah for a long time cyrus i know i couldn't get more stupid there you than- go So I might as well go fully for go it. Go for it, plunge. So my dad said, "No way." My older brother was already working uh, with him. He had a partner. He said, "Well, whatever you do, I'll support you. So go for it, whatever you want to do." So I wandered around, and we landed up at Nasik for a family function, and we landed up at this place where I am right now, this magical spot which has given me so much and given the world of wine so much, which is where Sula came up. At that time, it was ten acres of. grass as tall as a tree with lots of cobras and leopards and hares etc running underfoot um it was totally wild no electricity no phone line in this this valley gangapur valley um and i just saw it and i fell in love instantly um and i do that a lot normally with you know used to be with members of the ferus ex in this case for the first time it was with a with a piece of land with a with the hills around and the lake around And I can draw a metaphor there as well, but we we'll leave it. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. I've missed that one. Yeah. Uh, my dad was trying to sell it for the the pitiable sum of thirty uh, thousand rupees an acre, and I looked at him. I said, "You know what? I don't think that's a good idea. This sort of reminds me of California. I want to do organic farming right here." So organic farming was something that had started happening, you know, in California. It had not yet really come to India. I thought I would be the first organic farmer in India. So that was the first leg of the story. It was I was an abject failure. That's the second leg, abject failure. Everything I grew, I had to throw away. Um, then I learned about the sabzi mandi. So I went, you know, I rode on the top of my uh, tomato truck with the carat of tambater, as the crates of tomatoes are called in uh, in Nasik, to meet the guy who who does jiggly wiggly under a handkerchief to for you to figure out the. Price okay. your, of your tomatoes, and you just oh, like, what the hell does that mean? Just please, he he puts what under the handkerchief? So you know, I I don't know. You you have you ever been to a sabzi mandi in uh, you know? I the, I have in Chondi or Alibag in those uh, the but, wholesale uh, produce market where it's dominated by these political uh, you know. Honcho traders, hmm. and um, they have this weird sign language that they use. They put a hanky on top of that. They the two hands meet. Of course, now I don't know what they're doing in the age of COVID. Yeah, a mask, I guess. They put a hanky on top of the two hands, and they do the the hanky moves, and then you are told what your price is. Wow. Of your, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. This is that, better than Stanford, brother. This is another university that needs to be explored. All this and said, oh my God, I am so out of my depth here. Really? I have a chance. So I realized that I had to. get into processing something um you know and i looked around and then i realized that nasik was where all of india's grapes most of india's grapes are grown mm-hmm. and they were exporting these grapes to the supermarkets in in the uk 
to Tesco's to Sainsbury's. So they were making really good quality grapes. And I'm scratching my head. I was bald even then. Um, and suddenly said, hey, grapes means wine, right? Why is there no wine here? So, so that's, the export grapes never went to make wine, just for grapes. Oh, export grapes, uh, there are different kinds of grapes, right? There's table grapes, which are the eating grapes, your Thompson seedless, etc., which you buy in the bazaar and you mm-hmm. gobble down. And wine grapes are very different. They are bred to make really good wine. They have they are small, squishy with seeds in them. Where well, let, me, let me understand this. So, so the grapes that make wine are not the grapes we eat? No, they're not. Absolutely. What are you saying? Yeah, so when you drink a Chardonnay wine that comes from a Chardonnay grape, when you eat a grape, oh. it's a grape. They're totally different. So Thompson seedless grapes make horrible wine. <laughs> make, okay. um, you know, innocuous, uh, you know, slightly... Wine which your competition basically makes is what you're saying. No, Cyrus, you said it, not... I said it! Because <laughs> <laughs> I remember you... Guys, this guy was... I think five or six years younger than me in school was my uh, younger brother's class. Jaydeep's class, yeah. Always a riot. Always a riot. So they said Jaydeep stole uh, color pencils from me in the 10th standard. They've not yet returned. You guys have made millions with Sula. Can I get my Camlin? It's, I think, it's a 10 color pencils in a pack thing. Just oh, man. That, those are the color pencils I used for my first accounts. You're part of the story, Cyrus. There you go. <laughs> They're lucky for some. Yeah, no. sorry. Back in, back in the flow. So... Uh, Ah, so you, you met these guys, you're buying vegetables and you have this moment about grapes into wine. Aha. I said, look, I am the right guy in the right place at the right time. Um, you know, I've got my Nasik connection. So I knew people in Nasik who could help me get through all of that stuff. You know, um, I come from Bombay. So I knew the people who, you know, who I would sell the, the wine to. So Rahul Akerkar was just starting up. Um, Indigo was about to start up Indigo the next year, followed by A.D. Singh the, the year after that with Olive. Those were, as you well, remember, Mumbai is two great, Bombay is two great iconic restaurants. So you three guys all created a, a sort of uh, entrepreneurial surge at the same time, if you will. Yeah, we were very much part of the first uh, surge and we very much uh, thrived off each other. And, you know, it was it was great. It was a great time. We really felt like we were on top of the world, along with Tommy and the boys at the ghetto. They were even before us. Ah, yes, yeah. of course. So I got back to Bombay. I basically, there were two places I hung out. Bombay gym bar night where I had this severe bad luck of, of bumping into you every Friday night. And, um, and then the, and the ghetto. So the ghetto, when it opened first 10 nights that it opened, I think I was there nine out of 10 nights and um, Indigo, when it first opened first 10 nights, I was there nine out of 10. So you can tell my slightly obsessive behavior. So I said, I can sell the wine to these guys. Right. I thought, okay, I didn't realize how difficult it was all going to be. And then plus, having spent time in California, I can bring in some Californian expertise for the grape growing and the winemaking. So, hey, and then there's my dad who said, I'll support you, Bete, in whatever you do. So who's better than me in the position that I'm in? I've just landed up in India's grape country. Hey, I'm going to make wine and I'm going to make good wine. So that's how I started. But Raji, so there's no, you didn't have any sort of degree in wine at all. I, I don't mean professional degree, but no real, you hadn't really trained uh, or study the market. You just like wine at that point. Absolutely. I've, I've never had any formal education in wine. I had a, a bachelor's degree in quantitative economics and a master's in industrial engineering. Um, you know, those are good degrees because they teach you also how to be an entrepreneur. It's, but it's almost part of the course in all successful stories. The person has studied something completely <laughs> absurd to what he lands up doing. I mean, it just, there's no connection. 
Hey folks, hope you enjoyed that. Cyrus rewinds every Wednesday and Thursday, and possibly other days, but for now Wednesday and Thursday. Also, do listen to the full episodes, yar. You can find me at Cyrus Says on YouTube, and I've been told that I'm also available on all the major audio streaming platforms. So stay tuned. Arey, it's time for my dog walk. Ah, uh, Peter, 